0: You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at AskWardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Warty. I am sipping on some yummy tea that's really helping me get over the sickness of December. And I want to ask you as you're coming on live, either on Periscope or Facebook Live, to be sure to share what you're sipping on and where you're from and your first name. I am so happy to get together with you again. I'm Wardy from Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglanz, and this is Ask Wardy, the weekly show devoted to your questions about traditional cooking. We have a great topic today. uh, It regards the instant pot i have mine right here we're going to talk about converting your favorite or those you run across uh, slow cooker recipes for pressure cooking um, featuring the instant pot so we're going to talk about that soon so let me greet you guys someone's saying hi i love your mug thank you i can't see your first name the way it showed up there on periscope but thank you so much this is actually from a bookstore in Sutherland, Oregon, near where we used to live, Books Gallery. So I'm using it today in honor of Books Gallery for our great friends Cheryl and Jimmy who are there. We would go there all the time. and They are very special people. So Jim, Jimmy and Cheryl, thinking of you today. So it's great to see you all. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for the hearts. And um, before we get into today's show, I just want to Welcome you. I'm so glad you're here. Keep on sharing your first name what you're sipping on and where you're from in the comments Hi, Vicki. Hi, Sue. It's good to see you and no matter where you're turning in look around this video Because there are share buttons subscribe buttons like buttons and I really appreciate you taking action um, To share like and subscribe to the things that we've got going on here. It really means a lot to me uh, so We're going to get into today's topic. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Lynette. Hi, Lori. It's great to be with you all. Let me just give you a couple couple introductory notes here. As I said, I'm Wardy from Traditional Cooking School. We gather here every Wednesday at this time for the live show, Ask Wardy. So if you're here live, wonderful. Welcome to you. But you can check this out later on iTunes. Um, Just look for the Ask Wardy podcast or go to askwardy.tv. I have a link for you here. AskWordy.tv has the show notes, links, transcript, recordings of what we're doing right here today, as well as all the archives. Today's episode is number 56, so there are 55 more there waiting for you if you're enjoying what you're seeing, and we cover all kinds of traditional cooking topics, so today we're talking about pressure cooking, but we talk about culturing dairy, we talk about culturing in general, lacto-fermentation, we talk about sourdough, ancient grains, einkorn, budgeting, traditional cooking, all kinds of stuff that will help you um, as you and your families are seeking to serve healthy food that your families actually love to eat and it will save you mind, time, help you stay within budget, cover all of those things. So check out the archives at askwardy.tv. All right, so <clears throat> we have a question from Sherry today, and before I actually read you Sherry's question, I want to share something that I have uh, found recently, and you will see it peeking out of my teacup here. See this thing? I was hoping you all were curious about that. This is a loose leaf tea bag. I love this. For months, I've been thinking, I wish somebody would invent something that would make it easier for me to drink and steep loose leaf tea. If you're like me, you have probably tried things like tea balls, um, a uh, what, what would you call this? A tea basket or tea strainer that you set on top of a mug. Well, these have problems. This is hard to fill. Um, you would get herbs in between the seal here and then they fall out in your in your tea and then your tea's not pure and you've got bits, which that's not a big problem, but I don't enjoy it that much. So these are, you know, you can fully immerse your loose tea when you put it in these things, but it's kind of a mess and it's not as efficient to use. This, you set on the top of your um, teacup, it works okay, but you have to fill your teacup really, really full to submerse all the herbs. So this has difficulty as well. And we all love tea bags, right? You just plop them into your teacup. Well, for months I've been thinking, I wish somebody would make this easier. And then I was shopping the other day at Whole Foods and I did have in mind, I wonder if there is something in the tea section like what I'm dreaming up a really easy to use tea bag for my loose leaf tea. I'm talking about tea like this. This is my current favorite, it's Urban Sea Tea mix it's from bulk herb store and millie is on facebook live right now she'll put the link below this video if you're elsewhere on youtube (coughs) or at askwarty.tv just look below this video for the link anyway this is my favorite current tea blend but you know it's hard you have a tea blend a loose leaf tea blend that you love but if it's hard to use because the tea ball's a pain you don't have it as often well these tea bags are the answer I just love these, that's why I'm sharing these with you. This is a box of 100, and I've got a link for you right below the video. It's this little sleeve. You open it up. Have you guys seen these? You open it up, and you slip like a tablespoon of your favorite tea mix in here, and then all you're doing is plopping it inside your teacup. And you know what I love? Um, It's deep enough, and the pocket is deep enough, that even with a big, huge mug, like this. I have no issue with losing the bag or the context coming out. It just works awesome. Um, so this is my find that I just couldn't wait to share with you all. And if you're interested in these tea bags, they are so inexpensive. Box of 100. I got this at Whole Foods, but I found them on Amazon, the exact same brand that I purchased. Um, it's Rishi, R-I-S-H-I, that's the brand I purchased. I found them on Amazon, so there's a link below this video if you want to add them onto an order. Um, or look at your Whole Foods, <coughs> excuse me, or your local you know, tea shop. They might have something similar. When I looked on Amazon, I did see them with like drawstring or whatnot. So there's various kinds. Um, this is the kind that I'm using, I love it. All right, thanks for letting me share. I'm just so excited about these tea bags. I feel like I can finally use my loose tea. Oh. And this tea is really, really yummy. I have a link for you below this video as well for this this, um, blend, Urban Sea Mix. It's from a bulk herb store, super yummy. It has ginger, orange peel, rose hips, red rooibos, um, hibiscus flowers, and red raspberry leaf. It is so, so yummy. And in the comments, I'm seeing that Mountain Rose Herbs has the tea uh, bags too, so there you go. You can get them many, many places, and they make drinking your loose tea finally efficient and helpful. All right, so we're going to talk about Sherry's question now. She says, Hi, and thanks for your uplifting and encouraging videos. I appreciate that, Sherry. I have not been able to find if I can use a slow slow cooker recipes and convert them to a pressure cooker. My sister-in-law gifted us a pressure cooker. How wonderful. Hopefully it will help me be a better and healthier cook, Sherry. All right, Sherry, well, how fantastic that you were gifted a pressure cooker, and yes, it can help you um, be a better and healthier cook. I think the main reason is is that you can save so much time, Um, and if it's an electric pressure cooker like the Instant Pot, then you can do things relatively hands-free. So, it's a tool. I mean, we all have to put in the effort to be better and healthier cooks. We have to practice. We have to... um, you know, maybe be inspired. We have to follow through, but if we have really good tools like pressure cookers um, that help us do our job better, then you can be a healthier and better cook. What I'm trying to say is it's not the answer to everything. We still have to be present and actually do the work, but tools can help us do it more efficiently, uh, more hands-free, save time, you know, just do a really good job. And so that is where the pressure cooker comes in. And of course, as you know, we have many back issues of Ask Wardy and articles and recipes at traditionalcookingschool.com where I wax eloquent or maybe ramble on sometimes about the Instant Pot. I love the Instant Pot and I love pressure cooking. Um, And so you want to be sure to check out our archives and recipes uh, to get more information if you, like me, love it as well. So I'm seeing lots of comments and hearts come in. Thank you so much, everyone who's interacting live. I really appreciate you being here. Okay, so Sherry's question is great, and I have some tips for you because you absolutely can convert your slow cooker recipes to pressure cooking um, or an electric pressure cooker like the Instant Pot. So I have nine tips in mind that are gonna help you with converting your recipes so the first tip really has to do with just evaluating the recipe the slow cooker crock pot recipe you need to evaluate it is it a good candidate for pressure cooking because some recipes are going to be good candidates and some aren't and here are three things you want to consider in order to figure it out okay so this is tip number one but there's three parts to this question is it a good candidate for pressure cooking the first thing to consider here is does it have enough liquid So pressure cookers require liquid, require liquid to function properly because pressure cooking is cooking under steam. In order to produce steam, you have to have water or liquid that will produce that steam. So how much a pressure cooker requires varies from unit to unit. The instant pot that I've got sitting here, one to two cups minimum per recipe. Um, So if if the slow cooker recipe already has liquid, great this will make it a good candidate. I've got to consider the other two two things I'm going to bring up, but this will, um, this is a, it meets this criteria. So, but if it's a recipe that doesn't have liquid to which you could add liquid a cup or two, you could make it a good candidate. So keep that in mind. Um, Second thing to ask yourself about the recipe to be a good candidate is, um, is the finished product need a crispy skin or a, crispy coating or a fried result. Well, here's why this is important, because pressure cooking is all about steam, okay? You don't get fried foods and crispy coatings with pressure cooking. So your recipe is gonna get tossed out if you're looking at needing a fried or crisp result. Now, occasionally there will be exceptions, um, like you can do chicken thighs with skin and you can brown the skin And you get a really good flavor and, um, you know, it's not a fried result, but the skin can be a really good part of the dish. Another example is my daughter recently in December um, came up with a recipe for an apple crisp and you can find that um, at AskWordy.tv in the show notes for this recipe or look below the video, the show notes for this video or look below. Anyway, on that crisp, we do have a crumb topping and it turns out pretty crunchy and crisp. Um, it's not as crisp as it would be in an oven, but anyway, this is something you wanna weigh. The final thing you wanna weigh to see if your slow cooker recipe is a good candidate is has to do with uh, the cut of meat, if it's a meat-based recipe. So if you've got a super tender cut of meat, I'm talking about T-bone steaks, and tenderloins, things that are succulent, tender, expensive, that you're like, you know, cooking really quick on a grill. Um, You know, pressure cooking is not for that kind of meat. Pressure cooking is for tougher meats, things that would... um, benefit from slow cooking pressure cooking can give you tender and moist results with that and it would be sort of a waste of money for you to take those succulent already tender cuts of meat and pressure cook them it's just not the way to cook them you don't slow cook them you don't pressure cook them okay does that make sense so those are the three things you want to ask yourself to find out if a recipe is even a good candidate for this conversion all right so that was um number one The second tip, is when you're converting, so let's say you've decided, I've got a recipe, it is a good candidate for pressure cooking, for converting. So the second thing you want to do is look through the ingredients because there are certain ingredients you need to omit and or substitute. Milk or dairy products, we're talking cheese, milk, cream, Um, these glob up under pressure, and they're not a good choice for cooking under pressure. So you'd want to omit them from the pressure cooking stage of the recipe. You can stir them in later, melt them on later, simmer them later, but you're not gonna have them in the recipe when it's being pressure cooked, okay? Another ingredient, wine, um, even strong vinegars, they don't evaporate under pressure. They stay kind of raw and tart and sour so they don't develop flavor like they would in a slow cooker or if you're simmering on the stovetop. So these are not ingredients you wanna include in a pressure cooked recipe or pressure cooking stage. It doesn't mean you can't add them at the end and simmer them, um, but you're not gonna get the same result when pressure cooking if they're part of the um, recipe when it's being pressure cooked. Finally, thickeners. So cornstarch, arrowroot, they shouldn't be cooked under pressure. These are ingredients that you want to mix in at the end. You know, mix your arrowroot or your cornstarch with a little bit of water, uh, cold or cold broth, you know, whisk it together, then add to um, the liquid ingredients that are very hot coming out of the pressure cooker. Um, So they're really to be added at the end for a final thickening. And often um, your, your, dish is coming out of the pressure cooker you know after you release the pressure or naturally release it it's so hot that if you're stirring in an arrowroot mixture it will thicken just from the heat if you're stirring in cornstarch it'll have to be brought to a boil again so just play with that but those should be added at the end not during the pressure cook part of the recipe so that was number two Um, dairy products wine thickeners they go at the end um, if at all Okay, tip number three. When you're talking about um, dishes that have lots of food ingredients, so meats, grains, beans, vegetables, the first three that I listed, meats, grains, beans, um, those should be cooked together first, and and so you're cooking your recipe in stages, and next, the final stage of the recipe should be your vegetables. An exception to the vegetables would be like onions and garlic, they could go in at the beginning for, you know, like, think of the idea of um, flavoring broth. Well, you're flavoring your meats or your beans or your rice with garlic and onions. But vegetables like broccoli, green beans, cabbage, cauliflower, those kind of vegetables that are actually, you want some crunch left and some color and you wanna enjoy them as a component in the meal, you wanna add those um, in the second stage of pressure cooking. To explain a couple things about this tip, when I'm talking about pressure cooking in stages, the beauty of pressure cooking is that you you combine a bunch of ingredients, you cook it under pressure, release the pressure, um, take off the lid, add some more ingredients, pressure cook for a few more minutes, release the pressure again, and then you have a finished dish. That's what I'm talking about for stages. And you really need to do that if you have a dish that has a whole bunch of ingredients especially vegetables. The vegetables will be mush <laughs> if they are cooked with the meat, grains, and beans. They will be just way overcooked, not pleasant. So in those um, kind of recipes, you wanna do the vegetables in the second stage. Make sense, everybody? Um, an example of that would be, say you, you, you're cooking your meat, rice, and or beans for like 20 to 30 minutes, and you release pressure and then you add whatever it is for, you know, two to 10 minutes. It really depends on the vegetables. You know, if it was potatoes you're adding, it's gonna be like 10 minutes. If it's broccoli or green beans, it's gonna be one or two minutes. Um, And all this information is in a good pressure cooking timing chart, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Because tip number four now is timing. Okay, we're going to talk about the idea of timing because you've evaluated if it's a good candidate. You've omitted ingredients. You've decided I need to cook this one in two stages. Well, now the question is, how long do I cook it for? All right, so your pressure cooker probably came with a manual and your manual has um, charts in it, or it may have a separate you know recipe booklet that came with it that will have charts in it so there's a chart for beans a chart for meats a chart for grains a chart for vegetables refer to that you'll have really good information i do have to say that some of the guidelines that are included with the instant pot are um, too short on timing um, an example would be i can't remember one off the top of my head but sometimes those are a little bit short on time. So I often use that manual and I cross-reference it with an online cooking chart. Hip Pressure Cooking has a great one and below this video you see a link to that. The other one is a great um, book by Morna Sass. It's called Pressure Perfect. I have a link to that uh, below this video as well. And it has great charts in it. So refer to a chart to tell you on the timing of recipes. A couple notes about this. Oh, and what you want to do is you look, you you see all the ingredients in your recipe, you look at all of them in the chart, and you want to go with the one that has the longest cook time. The exception would be vegetables go in at the end. So if you're combining like meat and rice, um, you want to go with what needs the longest, okay? If there's a big, big difference in timing, you know, on the order of like 10 minutes, that's when you want to split your recipe up into stages. Um I've at the show notes, ask I've included a quote from my friend Katie at Kitchen Stewardship. She came up with this really handy rule. She said, if it's a meat-based dish that can be cooked eight hours on low or four hours on high in a slow cooker, it's almost guaranteed that it will be done to perfection in 25 to 30 minutes in a pressure cooker slash instant pot. So that's a great ro- rule of thumb. It's worked for me many, many times. Um Now, just to say a little bit more about if you find a huge difference in the timing of your various ingredients when you look them up in a chart, you actually have two options. One of them I've already mentioned, and that is to split your recipe up into stages. So do your longer items first, then release pressure, and then do your, um, you know, add the softer ingredients for a second stage. Another option would be, let's say this is a like roast recipe or a recipe with you know, big chunks of meat. You can actually cut your meat up into smaller pieces because smaller pieces require less time. So that's how you can decrease the difference in cooking times um, to make ingredients that you know are far apart more closer together. Does that make sense, everyone? All right. Tip number five is to maybe reduce the liquid. We've talked about liquid already. When you're pressure cooking, um, you liquid is required for the pressure cooker to function properly, so one to two cups. The other thing that happens with liquid in a pressure cooker is it's under pressure in this sealed container, so very little is lost to evaporation. That's really different than a slow cooker because the lid isn't sealed, so if you you are cooking something for eight hours on low, you're going to lose liquid during the day or during the eight hours. Uh, If you're simmering on the stovetop, that's not sealed either, you're gonna lose liquid. A pressure cooker, you'd lose very little liquid to evaporation, which means, in general, you should probably reduce the amount of liquid in your original recipe down to, um, well, at the most, I should say, um, how do I say that, you should reduce it, the very farthest you should reduce it is down to one to two cups, because that's the minimum required in the pressure cooker. Um, there's some exceptions. If you're cooking grains or beans, you actually want the exact amount that's required to fluff up the grains or beans. Um, and then you might need a little bit more for you know the rest of the ingredients in the recipe, but you want to get that pretty, pretty tight, pretty nailed down, and your manuals or your cooking charts are going to tell you those amounts. Um, soup is another exception because you don't want to reduce a soup down to one or two cups. You would actually use the amount of liquid that you want your finished result, your finished dish to have. Make sense? Um, another exception, if you're pressure cooking like uh, a baked dish, a casserole, a crisp, a quiche, um, those you actually put in a cake pan or um, souffle pan or cake dish or whatever, and you put it inside your pressure cooker on a trivet, and then you have water in your unit around it, right? So your actual dish is not going to have water, but you um, you need one or two cups around the dish in the bottom of the pan to make the pressure cooker function properly when you're baking that dish, okay? So that's a little bit about um, liquids. So you maybe need to reduce it, but you'd need to get it I don't want to scare anybody to think that you're going to get it wrong. Um, The worst that could happen is that you try a recipe once and it ends up a little too soupy. And it can really do that if you're doing grains or beans. So if you've got grains or beans, look, look up the right amount in your manual. If you're doing one and a half or one cup of rice and the manual says one and a half cups of water, make sure you do one and a half cups of water. And if your dish needs a little bit more liquid, like to cook the chicken or the beef or whatever, add a little bit to moisten those ingredients, Um, but don't go overboard. So that's why I said the worst thing that could happen is it could be a little too soupy, Um, but don't be scared. Who gets things right the first time? I don't, so it's still gonna be good. We're talking about real whole foods, if it's too soupy, you could simmer it at the end to reduce the liquid, evaporate some of it, eat it anyway, it's gonna be delicious, okay? Uh, tip number six has to do with release. Um, the pressure cooker, this is the Instant Pot, but stovetop pressure cookers, they all operate under pressure, and when the cooking time is done, you cannot open it until the pressure is released. Um, and today's units will not let you open them, until the pressure is released. So you need to release the pressure and there's ways to do that. One is, I shouldn't have put this down, there's a venting valve. If I tip this forward, you can see it. This is the venting valve and it's in the sealing position and to vent the pressure, you turn it to the venting position. I shouldn't have said venting valve, it's the venting knob. Anyway, it's the place where it vents. So you need to vent it. So um, on a pressure cooker, when the, when the um, pressure cooking time is done, if you didn't do anything to your pressure cooker, but if it's a stovetop one, take it off the heat, obviously. If it's an electric one, it'll just end the pressure cooking cycle and go to a keep warm cycle or it'll end it. So if you don't do anything other than the heat's off, um, within you know, 15 to 30 minutes, it will naturally release the pressure. The other way to do it is to physically turn the venting knob to the venting position and it'll push and let out all that pressure. So that's called a quick release. So you have natural release, you have quick release. Which do you do for a recipe? Meats generally do better with a natural release. Um, I do make exception with meats and do a quick release if I'm doing a recipe in stages, say a roast, to which I'm then gonna add some potatoes or vegetables. So I'll cook the roast for you know 45 to 50 minutes in broth with spices and onions and whatnot. Then I'll quick release the pressure and then I'll add potatoes and then I'll put it under pressure again for like 10 more minutes and I'll quick release. But if I'm not adding anything else to the recipe, I time my Um, my time in the kitchen and my prep to include a natural release of like 30 minutes. Um, Vegetables, they do best with a quick release. The reason is if you let them sit in the pressure cooker and naturally release for, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, they're going to be mush. You need to release that pressure quickly and get them out of the heat so that they will still have a little bit of texture to them. It's really important on vegetables. Um, and in my experience, rice and beans do well with either type of release, so it's really a question of, you know, how much time do you have, are you doing something else, you know. Some, some grains do better with a natural release, though, so for instance, quinoa, if I've soaked quinoa overnight, and then I cook it for just one minute, and then I let it natu- naturally release, or at least let it naturally release for like 15 to 20 minutes, and then I'll quick release the rest of the pressure if there is any, Okay. So uh, that was tip number six. You guys hanging with me all right? I have um, three more. This is fun. Um, Someone's saying, rice blows with natural release. (laughs) Not sure what you mean by that. Um, Tip number seven, take time to brown. So you may be looking at a slow cooker recipe, or know of slow cooker recipes where they say to, you know, take your roast, or take your cube steaks, or take your thighs, or whatnot, and brown them before proceeding with the rest of the recipes. Well, slow cooker, um, a slow cooker, you're actually doing that on the stovetop, so you're using two pots. So here's where you you're you're saving yourself mess, really by using a pressure cooker because the pressure cooker, if it's the instant pot, it has a saute function. If it's a pressure cooker that goes on the stove top, it's the the cooking pot and the browning pot. So anyway, take the time to brown. You'll get fantastic flavor. And when you're doing a pressure cooked recipe, you're saving the mess of two pots. And so it's so worth the flavor and you don't get the mess. Uh, You do have to allow like an extra 30 minutes to do the browning, but it's really worth the flavor. Um, so what you do if you're using the instant pot is you put it on saute, and saute is over here somewhere, I think. Yeah, it's the bottom right here. So you're going to put it on saute, um, and if, you're in, if your electric pressure cooker allows you to, um, you know, low, normal, or high, put it on high so it's the hottest um, setting. If it's on stovetop, it depends on your stovetop, but medium, medium high. Anyway, let it get quite hot. Add your uh, cooking oil, whichever one you're choosing, and let that get hot for like a minute or so. And then put your meat in and start browning it. And if, if you've got multiple pieces of meat, like let's say you've got eight to 12 chicken thighs or something in the dish, and do them all in stages. And then, when they're all browned nicely, then you proceed with the rest of the recipe. It will be worth it for the flavor. It's really, really yummy. Okay? And when I say proceed with the rest of the recipe, I mean the pressure-cooked part of the recipe. So you're no longer sauteing, but you're cooking under pressure. Uh, Thank you, Sharon, who's saying great info. She's watching while vacationing in Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Fantastic. Have a wonderful vacation, Cheryl. Sharon. Um, tip number eight, I maybe shouldn't even have put in here, but I felt like I had to say it, which um, is normal operating rules apply. So you're looking at a slow cooker recipe. You not only have to think about the ingredients and the liquid and the browning and the release, but it's not a slow cooker. It's a pressure cooker. So you've got to do all the usual safety things um, when operating a pressure cooker to make sure it's good. So the Instant Pot has a condensation cup on the back. Make sure that's clean and on. Make sure you're, you know, in the lid, the um, seal is clean and well seated. Make sure your valve is clean. Make sure your valve is in the sealing position. You know, all the normal operating things that you do safely for a pressure cooker, you need to do. So don't forget those just because you're, um, you're looking at a slow cooker recipe. It's really important. Okay, and the tip number nine is, did you know, if we're talking about not a stovetop pressure cooker, but we're talking about an Instant Pot, the Instant Pot has a slow cooker function. So maybe you're not uh, converting it to pressure cooking, but you want to take advantage of mixing up your recipe, your ingredients and the whole recipe, the slow cooker recipe, and use um, this as a slow cooker it's got a slow cooker button you can adjust it to low and high and use it as a slow cooker the reason i'm suggesting this is because you can make use of your instant pot which a lot of us like to do Um, but if you're going to be gone all day or you you know you you have the time to let it go for the eight hours use your instant pot as a slow cooker that might be an option so you guys those are the nine tips I know it was a lot of information. So remember that it's all written down for you at askwardy.tv. So you can print it, you can bookmark it, you can share it. Uh, there's a video, there's a podcast recording. You can just refer to this and use it again and again. Um, askwardy.tv and look for episode 56. When you go to askwardy.tv, you'll see all our archives. You wanna look for episode 56 to find this one. There's a link um, on Facebook Live as well right now that you can follow to the notes. I wanna invite all of you that if you love pressure cooking or interested in more about pressure cooking, I have a fantastic recipe to share with you. It's my um, pressure cooker sourdough cornbread. You can make it in an instant pot um, or a stovetop pressure cooker, I have a picture for you. Um, here it is. This is the sourdough cornbread. It is so delicious. And if you'd like to grab this recipe, of course, you can go to the show notes. Uh, but I do have a link for you right now. It's tradcookschool.com ipcornbread IP cornbread for instant pop cornbread. IP cornbread, all one word. You don't need an instant pot. You can do this in any electric pressure cooker. You can also do it in a stovetop pressure cooker. So go grab that recipe. <laughs> that dropped, and I thought, I thought, ooh, did I did I bring that up upside down? I didn't. <laughs> all right, you guys got that. So let me wrap up by thanking you all for being here. It's been such a pleasure. I hope to hear from you at the show notes and the comments. Um, how these conversion tips help you if you've got a slow cooker recipe you want to convert sherry especially want to hear from you this was your question and i hope this answer has been helpful um i do love to take your questions so if you've got a question for me you can submit it by emailing me wardie w-a-r-d-e-e at uh, askwardie.tv you can also tweet it at me tweet it to me at me Use the hashtag AskWarty. It's right behind me on the wall. And my handle on Twitter is at TradCookSchool. And as a general reminder, if you're watching this on video, listening on your earbuds, reading the notes, be sure to subscribe, like, and share to this video. Share it with your friends and family. um, And come back again because I gather with you here every Wednesday at the same time. It's 1 p.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Pacific, every Wednesday to answer your questions about traditional cooking. It's a highlight of my week. I love to visit with you. I like to share, and I love to help you. So if you have questions, submit them or just come on by uh, and hear what, what question is up, what question is in the queue, and see if it can help you with your traditional cooking. God bless you all. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. AskWarty wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWarty or send an email to warty at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of AskWarty, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop,